Our movie this week is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, released June 11th, 1986, rated PG, and directed by John Hughes, who previously had directed 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. And then, uh, and then Ferris Bueller's Day Off went on to, to direct, of course, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. She's having a baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue, as well as had a hand in a whole bunch of other films. But those You've ones listed he six or so of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I'm not which surprised, I guess is right? <laughs> not yeah. hard to figure no, out if yeah. you've listened to this podcast. <laughs> exactly right. Starring Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, Mia Sarah, Jeffrey Jones, Jennifer Grey, Lyman Ward, whom we remember from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at the very opening scene, uh, and Edie McClurg, who was also in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, playing, of course, the the great uh, John, airline. John Hughes has his favorites. Oh, he does. He does, absolutely. With cameos by Ben Stein, perhaps his most memorable, the cameo that made his career as a, as a person of film and television. As an actor and not just some terrible professor, I think. <laughs> That's right. He was, well, he was a speaker. Speechwriter. Actually, he was a speechwriter and economist. Charlie Sheen, in a great role that uh, to prepare for, he stayed awake for 48 straight hours. And it is said that he was not jacked up on drugs when he filmed this, that it was really just staying up for 48 straight hours. And his Ooh. eyes look, look like it. Yeah. I mean, he, Charlie Sheen here looks like Charlie Sheen of the hashtag winning Charlie Sheen. Right. Who knew? Who knew? He was just uh, a premonition. <laughs> Louis Anderson uh, has a, a bit appearance, as does Larry Flash Jenkins. Larry Flash Jenkins is uh, riding in the car during the uh, oh gummy uh, gummy from <laughs> exactly gummy, gummy from, from Fletch. Fletch. I know him as Gummy from Fletch. I'm never going to know Larry Flash Jenkins. Well. Uh, Larry Flash Jenkins, unfortunately, has left this world, has departed this world from us, but not before giving us the, the great two roles as, oh, as Gummy. Two and, of the finest. Two of the finest. He, he did other things, too. The box office for this was $70.1 million, which was a healthy chunk of change. A little note of interest, this, and we referred to this once before, this was released the exact same day as Back to School. And both of these films, Back to School and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, feature the song Twist and Shout. Oh, that's uh, right. By the Beatles. Uh, and um, this song also brought us two other, made two other songs quite famous um, for generations. Well, Donka Shane. Donka Shane by Wayne Newton, clearly. And Yellow's Oh Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> without, without that, our generation doesn't know either of those it songs. It feels like it makes an appearance in... The Secret of My Success as well. It does. It does right? indeed. Uh, the same year. The actually. same year. Or or the next year. But yeah, uh, also, yeah. That particular song, of course, we we now think of any time you want to show something as being just total excess. The song, Absolutely. oh yeah. Appears. Yeah, just a needle drop on that and watching the curve of the red car up here. <laughs> yeah. The amazing Ferrari. As, uh, as Ferris uh, had to say about that, he says, it is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking it one up. It is so choice. <laughs> I don't remember anyone ever saying choice. No, but it's so, it's the perfect word to describe it. It's true. It's a little bit, but I feel like inserted in that spot, it's a little bit like Rachel trying to make fetch happen in Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get over it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Fetch yeah. is not a thing. Well, I, you know, just a question. Yeah. Was there any information on how old Matthew Broderick was playing this high schooler? So, so Matthew Broderick was 23 
Cameron, uh, played by Alan Ruck, was 29. Wow. Mia Sarah was 18. She was the only actual, <laughs> actual teenager. Seemed like something not right going on there. Yeah, no, that's quite creepy. But she did seem a lot more mature than either of those two. She did. She did. And part of that is I think she was meant to play that because these two were... Clearly knuckleheads. <laughs> well... Although, no, no, I wouldn't say, I would not say Ferris Bueller is a knucklehead in any way. The guy, granted, he has a set of luck to him, obviously, but uh, he's a player. He is an absolute player. That brings me to why do we love this movie? I think, who doesn't want to be Ferris Bueller? Everyone in some way would like to be the cool kid in high school who gets away with everything. And he wears a ridiculous set of outfits, (laughs) at least five different outfits in in a single day, and always makes it look good. He's clearly the favorite in his family and is spoiled. And who doesn't want to be spoiled by their parents and get away with everything? Right. Uh, everyone everyone really could look out the window in the morning and think, I can't possibly be expected to do what I'm supposed to do today. Plus, he breaks the fourth wall and makes this movie a how to skip school, how to live in the moment kind of guide for the kids. Yeah. I think that's what makes this particular movie so much more fun and lasting. Of course, the timeline is impossible for everything they did. There's no way you could do that. No. Uh, We used to talk about taking a Ferris Bueller day from college because we're just 90 minutes from Chicago. and Which, by the way, requires only half a pack of cigarettes and a full tank of gas, as we know from another another (laughs) film of John Landis. Maybe we'll get to the Blues Brothers one day. (laughs) But these quotes always bring me back to those nonsensical discussions and plans we used to dream up about skipping class and doing a whole list of mindless activities that might include a Cubs game, maybe the mercantile exchange, uh, the Chicago art Institute, the Chicago art Institute, certainly Hancock tower. The, uh, the, what's the the name? Is it the, no, no, they, they actually go to what, what is now the Sears. Well, what is the Willis Tower now? Yeah. Willis. What you yeah. talking about, Willis? What you talking about, okay. Willis Tower? Exactly. Of course, you're going to go to the restaurant with the snooty, snotty yes. uh, Mater D. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that in the right, quotes. Right, I, exactly. I know we will. But I don't want to walk on the quotes with that. Right, right, right. What, what do you think makes it so lasting? And Well, I think it's an entirely sweet film. I mean, of course, this came out, you know, yeah, in 1986. I entered high school, you know, two years later after this. And so for me, I have a best friend who was basically Ferris Bueller. I mean, who, who always was finding an angle and working it and, and has gone on to have a charmed life as well. So I can totally imagine him being Ferris Bueller and doing a day like this. You know, uh, in Seattle, so it was much, like you know, you go to a kingdom. Like a on the, the shoulder kingdom. of the mighty river. <laughs> exactly. Just goes with the flow. Exactly. It captures, honestly, the unbridled joy of of youth, um, the last freedom, you know, before entering the straitjacket of your day job kind of deal. Right. This is a movie that is a reflection of the mid to late 80s, but from the perspective where all of the adults are idiots. Right. And the kids- Which turns out ain't- Far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't far. Exactly right. It's the MTV years. I mean, of course, we see the opening of the MTV kind of, uh, you know, commercial, you know, with the with the the man on the moon and all of that, you know, from the very opening scenes where we're put into this mindset of this kid is plugged into the popular culture of his age. Right. And on the marquee of one of the movies, they're showing Teen Wolf. <laughs> I don't nice. know if you noticed that in which, Chicago. Which was an 85 film. So, yeah, yeah, that's a... 
but it also, it has not only that cutting edge, but they go to a baseball game. They go, you know, baseball, the, the great American pastime. They have hot dogs. They go to the Art Institute of Chicago and they look at, at paintings that are world famous. You know, they, they go and they overlook the, the trading floor, the commodities trading floor, uh, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I mean, all of these sorts of things that are also, well, John Hughes refers to this as his love letter to Chicago. Oh. Which he was born Chicago's there. Chicago's character. Yeah, Chicago's character. And and here apparently he liked German parades as well. Well, it's it's part of the city, exactly right. Yeah. I love this film. You know, we mentioned, of course, the songs that it introduces that now when you hear Don Cashane, you're going to imagine you you're just going to picture Ferris Bueller standing on the on the you know, on the float, you know, crooning right. away. Um you hear oh yeah, the next thing that comes to mind is wait, you're still here? It's over. Go home. And then there's something else. There is the role of Ben Stein, you know, kind of his breakout role in this odd kind of way. But when he says Bueller, 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 this is a line that now is entered the lexicon as, is anybody even listening? Is right. there, you know, um, and so moments like that. You're where, walking on my quotes there. I'm so, well, that's, that's, as, okay. that's as maybe. Um, I just have to follow up with the. Uh, by the way, most of, most people would have no idea what the Holly Smoot tariff was if it were not for this film. Right. I mean, that's or the, the Laffer curve or the Laffer curve. Exactly. Right. Or voodoo economics, which by the way, I'm stepping on my own. Okay. Quote right now, well, so. that's good. Your quote, you're stepping on your own quotes. I will say, you know, just in our discussion, what comes to mind about this high school film is how miserable high school has become for kids. I have some kids in high school and how much better it was back when, if you just did the homework, you were the top student. <laughs> I mean, the whole scheming of trying to get out of this, like high school was great back then. You didn't, ha you didn't have to do all the extracurriculars well, just to, to get to the next stage. You didn't have to design a rocket system right. to get an A minus in physics. I mean, it's insane what they do. And this harkens back to a time when high school really was a lot more carefree, not quite seventies carefree, <laughs> but eighties, you know, directed and they knew something was ahead of them, but still like just the sheer enjoyment of doing simple nothingness with your friends. Kids don't do that as much anymore. You know, this makes me think that, it would be fascinating to watch and compare and contrast dazed and confused this and then television more, but freaks and geeks, right? Because freaks and geeks is set in this same essential, essential world, uh, you know, kind of time frame. but dazed and confused is set in that late seventies where, yeah, it's all counterculture, right? You know, and kind freaks of, and geeks of comes off a little more the heaviness of, life is going to change and I'm going to try different things while I'm in high school. Whereas this seems like the buddy kind of pal movie. I'll jump right into a quote that yeah, please. is got to be one of my favorites and totally usable all the time. He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me. He'll make me pick him up. He'll make me feel guilty. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. This Cameron Fry character <laughs> yeah. who just gets worked over by his friend. I think, you know, I certainly identify a little more with Cameron Fry. As much as I seem Ferris Bueller-y these days, um, I was much more the serious student. I didn't think I was dying, which is another quote. <laughs> You're not dying. You just can't think of anything good to do. Right. Um, I. This is just usable in any situation where one of your friends is just trying to 
guilt you into something. You know, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. He'll keep calling me, make me feel guilty. I'll go. And then, and then he takes it out on the passenger seat. Right. Then he starts pounding. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, he's yeah. probably in his driveway. Yeah. Yeah. And then he calls. I mean, that's the thing is, right? Everything in this film shows that Ferris has thought through what is going to be the response to this? What's going to happen next? You know, the most perfectly encapsulated in the uh, intercom system in the, in the house. Right. It's, it's an amazing set of circumstances that he has worked out. And, uh, you know, I'm going to flash back to 1985. The fact that there's no way he could actively get into the data system. Now, it's probably not as guarded back then. Did you he, not see the movie War Games? Right. I did see War Games. Okay, I would well, not like to play Also Matthew Broderick. <laughs> also, yeah, well, apparently so he's a computer genius. Yeah. Obviously so you want to go knows. ahead and retract that? No, he's <laughs> sitting there nine times. And, and all yes. of a sudden it starts counting backwards down to two. Grace! Grace. <laughs> um, that's a great scene. Yeah. But, uh, and nine times is not really so much a quote, but sometimes situationally, you'd be like, how many times mm-hmm. do you do that? Nine times. <laughs> right. It's the repetition. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, by the way, is brilliant in this. And, and he is clearly just there to be the comic, you know, foil, but he encapsulates the role with Ed Rooney. You know, it's just that character name and everything fits so perfectly. You and know, he's just tired of getting beaten down by these kids exactly. every day because he knows they're winning. Yeah. And he, In the opinion of this educator, as right. he says at one point. Oh, he yeah. is so funny. Well, so what are some of your favorite quotes besides the Bueller Bueller? Yeah. Um, a repeating one that, that appears at least twice and we can't ever finish it, but uh, both Ferris and Cameron as Mr. Peterson say, pardon my French, but, yes. you know, <laughs> so pardon my French, but is the lead in. It's the, their equivalent in this film of, you know, all, all due respect or, or right. I don't you know, want to offend you. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's a, I, I find myself thinking of that all the time. Yeah. That's pardon a, my French. that is a nice one. And I don't know if pardon my French, but you know, X, Y, or Z was a thing prior to this, but certainly since. Oh yeah. <laughs> pardon my French, but you're. Yeah. You're a jerk as it were. Yeah. Well, and then I, you know, I don't want to grab the, I don't want the coup de gras right here, but. I mean, the classic quintessential Ferris Bueller line is life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Barbara Bush used that line in a commencement address. Oh, she did. Well, I mean, this is a precursor to Carpe Diem from Dead Poets Society, right? Right, right. Lots of opportunity to say this when the drudgery of your day is getting in the the way of your plans for fun. Uh, if you don't say it or think about this at least once a month, I think you're living too good of a life. <laughs> like if you're not thinking like, like this is too good of a day, you know, life moves too fast, <laughs> then you're living the life of leisure, yeah. which I hope to one day live myself. I noticed that you came in and saw that uh, my original web address was manofleisure.us. So, because manofleisure.com was taken. <laughs> Although there was a student at the University of Portland who, when she saw the sticker, she's like, what does manofleisure mean? Man of leisure. Man of leisure. <laughs> Which actually Be I kind of like better. Kids. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I find myself singing <laughs> anytime I'm, I, I like, want something to end when Cameron was in Egypt's land. Let my Cameron go. It's so awesome. Yeah, that is, that is a good, that's a good scene with it. It's like, he's 
in a mortuary. His right. He lives in what looks like a death zone. Well, he's not dying. He just can't think of anything to do. Right. He's not dying. Um, they could be fascist anarchists, and it still doesn't change the fact that I don't own a car. <laughs> right. And he, he also says the quote about uh, like licking your palms is silly and stupid, but then so, so is high school. school. Yeah. So it's it's kind of fun. I, you know, continuing on this theme of some of the other shows we've talked about in Fletch and Vacation, where you can never let someone kill your fun. He goes after the Mater D at the snooty <laughs> snotty right. thing and says, and that he's just not backing down from saying he's Abe Froman, the sausage king of the Midwest of, of Chicago of Chicago. Yeah. And he says, Ferris, <laughs> please, you've gone too far. We're going to get busted. He's like, A, this is, he does, the other thing is he breaks the fourth wall with this. Constantly, and and I'm really fascinated. I would love to look into the history of film and see, you know, how many other films before this did it so consistently. Right, I mean, like, he's just going about his day, and then at certain points where he feels he needs to pass on the instruction to us, A, you can never go too far, and B, if I'm going to get busted... It's not going to be by a guy like that. And it was just like, I have a, I, that's the part of Ferris in me that I want to have more of. I just can't take people at a rental car desk or, you know, at the fast food line saying, I'm sorry, we're all out of chicken. Uh, you're a chicken restaurant. Get back there and start frying. So I, I think that that one sums up the movie for me. I, I do dearly love the two teacher scenes with certainly with with Ben Stein. Stein in and, 1930 the Republican controlled House of Representatives in an effort to alleviate the effects of anyone anyone anyone, the anyone Great just Depression, no one passed the anyone anyone the tariff bill the Holly Smoot Tariff Act which anyone raised or lowered raised tariffs it's so Clearly, good nobody has ever read anything that he's requiring and of course the cut-ins that they do in this scene are of kids who are like one kid's drooling yeah. so, he's one made kid, a puddle on his desk one kid wait. and then the sloan scene where they're calling her out of that class and he's like the english professor is saying like you can just picture yourself trying to stab your eye out with a pencil on this class yeah in what way does the author – it's like, why did you say the question? Why did they just say So that particular actor who did that um, – and they didn't write his name down. But it turns out that particular actor was a great improv teacher who uh, – in Chicago who had launched the careers of tons of – of like oh, improv Second actors. City people. Yeah, well, like even before Second City, like like kind of I'm going to go back and look it up and I'll put it in the show notes because I re- I ended up going and reading the bio of this guy and he was like he was amazing. beloved he was and amazing. he's perfect in this role because he really does encapsulate like I had a a beloved English teacher who in class though was like animated and and all this but would put the emphasis on totally odd syllables, right. you know, and um and what way yeah he's talking about prison and he's drawing the bars on the word prison yeah it's so so good funny yeah that part those things are funny not necessarily super quotable unless you're in a conversation about ferris when i was watching this the other night i was i'd forgotten that particular scene and and it just remembered how how much i howled about it every time i watched it right well in the ben stein with the cutaways where the kids are just dying (laughs) in his class apparently 
they just told him to give a speech that he knew. Yeah. Ad lib. Just talk about economics. And the way he ended up in the film is fascinating too. Uh, there's a great quote. You can find it on the Wikipedia page, but I found it elsewhere as well uh, that describes – he's like, the way I got in was a whole six degrees of separation thing. He's like, me and and uh, and John Hughes are the only two Republicans in Hollywood. So he's like, you're going to be in my film kind of deal. It's so good. That is a good one. I, I hadn't heard that. Now, who was he a speechwriter for? Nixon. Oh. Yeah, he was in the Nixon White House um, and uh, – so like and and came by it honestly. I mean, he w- actually was an economist. Yeah. So um, the method of teaching is just so hilarious. <laughs> just anyone, anyone. I mean that Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. I mean, whenever someone is ditching a meeting <laughs> and they're yes. supposed to be on the phone, that's right. a classic. Oh and yeah. Everybody gets it. I mean, yeah. I I think kids who've never even watched the movie mm-hmm. understand this. Yeah. But we would hope that you would watch this one. Oh, it's a good one. Uh, Because just remember, as Ed Rooney said, I did not achieve this position in life by having some snot-nosed punk leave my cheese out in the wind. (laughs) Leave my cheese out in the wind. What? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) What does that even mean? There's a nice little shot of how out of touch Ed is with popular culture. That's right. He's like, what's the score? Zero, zero. Oh, who's winning? The Bears. And they're watching a baseball (laughs) game. He's like, oh, Way to go. I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't be throwing anybody. Yeah, Eden McClurg really gets in a bunch <laughs> so of them. great. She's like, oh, do you still want his daytime number after he has him <laughs> on the phone? And she walks away and he's like, oh. <laughs> so good. Well, this is a great film, and, and you're right. We, we do hope. If you haven't seen it already, it's totally worthy. It's absolutely worthy, and especially if it requires, you know, skipping work to do it. Because to get myself in the mood, that's what I did today. <laughs> I skipped some work and watched Ferris Bueller. I didn't drive all the way to Chicago like I wanted to. Sadly. But you know, Ken, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Wait, you're still here? The podcast's over. Turn it off. Go home.